Well, hey, you guys, uh, before we get started with the regular show, I wanted to tell you about something. I uh, uh, Actually, I found this old show about Bill Bonanno and the Bananas War that Cam did a lot of uh, research on, my friend from uh, Chicago, Cam Camulus Robinson. Uh, he's a great researcher. I'm going to tell you, this dude is really good. But before we start into that, I want to tell you about something I tried recently, and I'll just add, tack it on to, to that show. I tried something called Magic Mind. Here it is right here. I don't know if you can really see that or not. Uh, I'll put a picture of it up from their website. Uh, but I tried this stuff, and it works. You know, I, I don't know if you realize it, but I'll tell you right now, I work harder in retirement than I ever did on the job. Uh, researching and recording and editing. I do it a little bit every day. Uh, and, and this stuff here, I was looking for something to help me with my energy level and my ability to stay focused on a story. And, and this stuff helps. Uh, I checked the ingredients and I didn't see anything addictive or potentially harmful to me. There's something called matcha in it. it has a little bit of caffeine, but really I've replaced a couple of my usual, you know, six, seven, maybe eight cups of coffee each day with this. I take it. I, I don't drink. I tried it straight the first time. Like, you know, it's okay. It kind of adds kind of an earthy flavor. You know, a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down, but I don't really need the sugar. So I tried it with a cup of creamy oat milk. And I just happened to have oat milk around and, and I tried it in the straight oat milk. And then I tried it in the creamy. I like the creamy better. And, and I just sip on it while I'm looking for good mob stories in the morning and, you know, get that, you know, put that down. I probably don't drink any more coffee after that. Uh, so I got hold of the Magic Mind folks and, and they agreed. They'd get me some and they're going to give me and my wiretappers a 40% discount if you go within the next 10 days to www.magicmind.co backslash gangland. And that'll be in the show notes and use the code gangland20. Now remember that's gotta be in the next 10 days. So give Magic Mind a shot and, and see what you think. Thanks a lot folks. So now on to the show about the Bananas War. 66 is when they started shooting at each other. A, a, a cop I heard once said, the, that a, a Bonanno family idea of a meeting is a bunch of guys sit in a circle and shoot at each other. I've heard that. Was that Joe Coffee? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was Coffee or Salerno, one of the two. Probably Tony Salerno because he's a little bit older. Interesting. That's a good one. So Joe Bonanno, tell, tell everybody a little bit about who Joe Bonanno was. He was he had his own family. He was a guy in the 30s, I'm sure. But He was, uh, he was the longest. At this time, he was the longest uh, he had been a godfather the longest, you know, the head of a family the longest. He was originally he had, uh, tied in with with the first Sicilian, Maranzano, and he had been through everything there. He was 26 when he when he was sort of given his own family by Luciano. So it, it, he really had cause to, to be the longest running. And... They were into drugs. They said the Bananos were one of the wealthiest families. They were really diversified, and and Banano was all over the country and up in Canada. Joe Banano was was pretty extensive in his business dealings, but by this time he was starting to step back. He'd had a bunch of heart problems, and he was more or less living full time in Arizona, and that was was what what began to precipitate these problems. His men were starting to grumble about the bosses never around. Uh, but he was, at this time, the longest 
long-running single godfather. His family had never changed leadership. If I remember right, and we did that those stories on uh, Montreal, they yeah. started. They, Bonanno was the first one that started connecting up with the Montreal family yes. to yes. sell heroin. And, and I see here you say that that Stefano Magadino up in uh, Buffalo, New York, yeah. was not happy about that. He kind of felt like yeah. that was his territory. And Magadino was actually his cousin. Oh, really? I didn't know yeah. that. So that they do not like that expansion. Uh, I know that unless it's already been agreed upon before, yeah. if somebody else feels they have that. So that, that probably was some of the early beginnings of this thing, uh, the bad feelings, plus him being, being out of, uh, you know, New York area, he's got to leave somebody there to, to do something, but it's, you know, it's just not good to, to right, not be right. close to the streets. Feel like that. Right. Uh, I see that, you know, his uh, Joe Bonanno's son, Bill married uh, Joe Profaci's daughter, I believe, yes. and they were yeah. they were close together. But Profaci dies during this yeah. time. The Profaci family and the Bonanos are real close. They were probably the most traditionally Sicilian families, and you know when you have that intermarriage, like with Gambino and Lucchese, their their kids intermarried. You've got you've got those those close bonds, and so there were a couple different factions on the commission, and Bonanno and Profaci were really close, but when Profaci died, uh, the guy who followed him, uh, uh, Joe Magliocco, was was kind of a weak guy, and he was easily led by by somebody with the charisma of Joe Bonanno, and so Bonanno comes up with an idea to kill several of the other uh, members of the commission. I think he wants to kill Carlo Gambino, who he doesn't like. And uh, I, I think he wanted to get Lucchese out of the way. And, uh, and his own, and his own yeah. cousin, I see. Absolutely, oh, Magadino. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. That was, a major, that was a major boo, wasn't it? Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. He was, he was going to really wipe the slate clean. Well, when that came out, I could see why... Uh, they reacted, or they, there was no, there wasn't enough action to be overreact. Yeah, he was, it was actually Joe Colombo, who was a capo at the time, was who they, they sort of contracted to do. He was a capo in the then Profaci Magliocco family, who they, who they asked, they asked his crew to do it because they were, they were pretty, uh, pretty good at what they did. You know, we think of Colombo as giving those rallies, but he was, he was a pretty hardcore guy back then. And, of course, Colombo goes right to Gambino and Lucchese and tells him, hey, you know, this, these two guys are, are plotting to kill everybody. Well, so now we've got to have a sit down, sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. So the commission says, you know, y'all need to get in here now. Uh, Magliocco shows up to take his lumps. And oddly, the commission, there's a lot of speculation on why, but they did not sort of sentence these guys to death. They fined Magliocco $50,000 and said, you're done. You're shelved. You're out. Joe Colombo's taken over your family. And it was renamed the Colombo family. And they demanded that Joe Bonanno come before the commission, which he failed to do. What he did instead was he disappeared. He said he was kidnapped on the streets. He had some, some he was out with his lawyer and these guys apparently came to pick him up and said, 
you know, you're coming with me and drove away in front of his lawyer. And his lawyer confirmed his story, said he was kidnapped. And he was gone for, hell, 18 months, I think. He, he just disappeared, and, and the commission had no idea where he was. His own men didn't know where he was. And he later said that Magadino kidnapped him, but on there were wiretaps all over by that time. And, and none of the mob guys, including Magadino, in these private wiretaps knew where the hell he was. So... Didn't they, couldn't they bring somebody in to, like, knew these people or could mediate this thing a little bit? Yeah, what they, that- yeah, when all this was going on to try and keep the peace right before Joe Bonanno disappeared, they actually brought in Raymond Patriarca. They brought in, they wanted somebody outside New York. So they brought in Patriarca and uh, Sam DeCavalcante out of, so they brought in, in, Providence, Rhode Island, and Sam DeCavalcante out of New Jersey to sort of mediate and calm things down to let Joe Bonanno know that he was there were people from outside who were going to who were going to going to advocate for peace. Which it it's interesting to think about these guys. And now we have the Patriarcha tapes because he was one of the ones that got bugged, and we have the DeCavalcante tapes. They both had had those wiretaps in their offices. And they detail, I, I've read a lot of the Patriarch, and they talk about how he was constantly going up and meeting with Carlo Gambino. And two days after uh, Bonanno disappeared, you have Patriarch saying, oh, hell, I think he kidnapped his damn self. So they were, they, were oh, they were on to it right away. They were on to it right away. So he disappears. They have patriarcha meeting with joe bonanno's men uh saying if he's gone y'all need to decide what you're gonna do and so bill bonanno decides he is going to to keep an eye on his on his father's men his father had made him kind of like, like what john Gotti did with his son he made him prematurely when joe bonanno shows up he's told that you, you're done he never he never he I believe that he did come back to New York, but he never met with the commission. So the commission said he's done. He's out of New York, and he moved back to Arizona. But his son presumed he was going to take over the family, almost like this is some kind of royalty where you just take over after your father. And the commission did not agree with that. That was a time when when sort of the commission had a lot of say in who was going to be whose boss. And they especially had say in the Bananos because of this this whole mess where he's trying to kill them all. So they felt some ownership. And Bill Bonanno was young and he was weak. I think he had a little charisma, but he didn't have enough in that world. So they nominated uh, the underboss, a guy named uh, Gaspar de Gregorio. So you've got a few guys loyal. It was a big family. He had maybe five to six hundred guys so you've got half of the family loyal to joe bonanno and so they're going to follow bill bonanno then you've got half the guys who are fed up with joe bonanno and they're going to follow what the commission says and go with gaspar de gregorio so you've got these two factions that are split now and you know these these mob guys don't usually sit down over uh, uh, you know, sit down and have a cup of coffee and, and work out their differences peacefully. I mean, you know, in, in the movies they do, but, you know, like the guy said, they tend to start shooting at each other. Uh, you know, there and there's a movie out there 
all you guys, if uh, you want to really get a, a, a entertaining look at this, and it's really in good detail, and it tells it's as factual. It's called Honor Thy Father, and I believe it's on Netflix. It's an older movie. Mm -hmm. It's like that back in the 70s, even maybe the early 80s when they made it. But it, it really tells this in, in good detail and, and kind of paints a picture of this. Uh, based on book. the book. Yeah, based on that book by a guy named Gay Felice who interviewed uh, Joe Bonanno. Bill Bonanno. Or Bill, he interviewed Bill Bonanno uh, for the book. And, and so it uh, it tells a lot of this story in an easy to, do for, uh, easy to digest format. Uh, yeah, and, and can you believe that they had a, 600 men in the Bonanno family. I knew it was big. It was one of the biggest families. That's that's one of the numbers I found. And when I, you I've look seen back that in too. the yeah, when you look back in the 60s and 70s, just the the size of these at least the size that are claimed, it, it, it's hard to know what what's what was what. But the the amount of men that these and that may have been associates and all. It's it's hard to believe 600 guys in 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 all five families, but. Uh, just the sheer number of guys that were involved in, in each of these families, it, it's its really staggering. Uh, so the Bonanno family is now split, uh, say, if for one of better numbers, 300 to 300. 300 are loyal to De Gregorio and the commission. Right. It's almost like it's the commission's family. They set it up this way. And Bill Bonanno is... Uh, still wanting to take over for his dad and his dad right. wants him to take over. There's, there's some of that in that movie. And, and so what happens then? I mean, how they don't split into two families. I know that didn't happen. No. What, what happened well, then? the first thing, which is kind of interesting is, is every member of the commission immediately tells all of their unions to kick all the Bonanos out. So all these guys that had no show jobs at all the other unions, they, they lose their jobs. So, which is kind of a funny, kind of a funny little slap in the face. All these really? Bonanno guys lose their damn job. That's a pretty tri but, tricky way to do stuff, you know. Just you got this no-show <laughs> union job, and all of a sudden you don't have that job anymore because that's that's a huge plum for these yeah, guys. They get involved absolutely. in these. That's why they do this union racketeering because you can force these employers to give jobs to your men, and you know they don't have to show up to work. They can go do their mob business, but yeah. get a steady amount of pay too. That's a way yeah. to engender loyalty among yeah. guys that work for you. Showing income too, so you get the IRS off your back. Yeah. And so Bill Bonanno gets a phone call in the beginning of 1966. He's told that uh, let's let's have a sit down. Come on, we'll work this out. Gaspar Di Gregorio calls him. Bill Bonanno shows up on uh, in the street, and it's a trap. He and his right. men show up, and they they're shot at, and there's a there's a big shootout in the streets. They they right in the middle of the street shootout. Nobody's hit, but there's a lot of gunfire, and uh, it, that was really the opening salvo of this war. That was the that was the first time that that there was gunfire, and it was really it was really uh that was what really kicked it off. Is is when Bill Bonanno came under fire. And I believe that Joe Bonanno was out by then, and he he really did not take too kindly to his son being shot at. So I don't imagine the commission that they must have had approved of this. I would think if they didn't, but uh, De Gregorio uh, yeah. he doesn't last very long after this failed murder attempt on Bonanno. No, he's like a lot of these guys. He's having heart problems and he's getting old. So you get a guy named uh, Paul Shiaka who takes over, 
for the commission faction, and he's he's been around for a while as a as a as a big capo in the Bonanno family. And then they firebomb Joseph Joe Bonanno's got a got a good friend, a, a tight guy, a guy he's tight with named Joe Nataro. Uh, the uh, Siaka's men firebomb his house and blow it up, and then a few months, then a few days later, two weeks later, Joe Bonanno returns to New York, and his men held a celebration for him. They're all welcome back, boss. Joe Nataro, right after his house has been firebombed, he shows up at the party and has <laughs> has a heart attack and dies <laughs> as, in the middle of the damn party. Man. You can't write that. I see that it was at the La Scala restaurant, which is you, right. if you remember, that's the restaurant that where we uh, they found a mob meeting with uh, Carlos Marcello and Santo Tropicante and some many of the other mob bosses in uh, New York City or uh, somewhere out around that time when that, we had that month. We did those different stories on uh, yeah. uh, on mob meetings. And then, you know, you've got a lot of shooting back and forth and, and a lot of guys getting wounded. The real big one, though, was in 67. You've got what's called the Cypress Garden, at a, at a restaurant Cypress Gardens in Queens. You've got three guys who support this commission faction. And they're sitting there eating dinner. This guy walks in with a machine gun under a raincoat and opens fire with a machine gun in the middle of the restaurant and takes out all three guys. I, I can't remember if he killed them all, but he really, yeah, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I see my notes here. He shot them all to death with a machine gun in the middle of this restaurant. It was a really, it was a really big deal at the time. And they think it was a guy who was imported from Sicily. The guy was later found dead in a ditch about a year later, but that was the that was the severity of the war. This guy's just in the restaurant with a machine gun. Nineteen sixty seven in Queens, just open. Just that's crazy. That's crazy. I mean that. Uh, you know, that's kind of. I mean, uh, we had something like that in Kansas yeah. City, but it was yeah, only yeah. under dire circumstances, and they didn't use a machine gun, and they were a little more uh, discreet with uh, how they shot people. And they didn't kill everybody. Although I guess they would have if they could have, but uh, man, that was that was something. And that was Bill Bonanno. See, I, in that movie, he doesn't look like he's that tough. He doesn't seem to me like he was that hard a case. And he ends up giving this long interview, telling his life story to a a, a writer not too long after this. So uh, yeah. it doesn't seem like he's a dyed in the wool, hardcore Carmine Galente, uh, Nick Savella, uh, you know Vito Genovese kind of guy. Yeah, I think. I think a lot of this was his father egging things on in out of Arizona. Bill is, as you said, he doesn't seem like a real dyed in the wool kind of mob guy, but Joe Bonanno has been involved in several wars. I think it's interesting. This is, this is all taking place a few years after the whole Gallo Profaci war. I think that Joe Bonanno was, was old Joe Bonanno was really egging a lot of this on from, from Arizona and Bill was was happy to reap the benefits of it, but I don't know that he was really hard enough to have have led the men the way Joe could Joe could have done. You know, another interesting thing is I see that Bill and not too long before this, Bill Bonanno and some of his men were arrested in Montreal. They were carrying yeah. guns and deported. Now, uh, uh, that that Montreal connection, they had all those connections back to Sicily. If you think yep. about it, make, you know, connect the dots here. They had all those connections back to Sicily. The heroin coming through, 
they had connections back to Sicily and, and the New York families also, but but then you end up with the Sicilian being imported in yep. to do this job on the, the rival faction. I, I think you know, I think oh, the handwriting's on the wall there. That would be my my theory on that one. I, I think you're right. I think you're right, and those bananas were pretty tied in, like you said, through through Montreal and some other things. And it wouldn't be too hard for them to find some some young guy to 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 come in and do some killing. So this Paul Siaka, he's he's running this what we call we're one of a better term the commission faction. Right, right. He's running this commission faction at this time. So I I would think that eventually he's going to have to strike back uh, for killing three of their men. Yeah. And I, I, my notes are kind of unclear because I put De Gregorio throughout it, but you've got shortly thereafter a guy named Sam Perone who was Bill Bonanno's bodyguard. He was he was shot to death. He was he was getting in his truck, and what really set it off. I have Bill Bonanno here, but but it was Joe Bonanno who really really got angry. He recognized that the Colombo family was kind of leaning in and and helping this commission faction. And he said, the next guy of mine they kill, I'm going to kill two of theirs, one in each family. And it looks like shortly thereafter, uh, a guy named Mike Insolo was in court. He was a Bonanno guy, and he was shot to death. And then a Colombo guy named Charles uh, Lechigero was... He was shot and killed in the middle of a restaurant eating a eating a burger. So that there was a Colombo guy who was shot and killed, and there were a couple Bonanno guys who were guys that that the Bonanno faction shot and killed. So it does look like he made good on his threat to kill one of theirs and one of one of the he killed a commission guy and he killed a, a Colombo family guy. He 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 really did it. Wow, that's uh, well. You got to respect a man that, that says he's going to do something and then does. You got to respect that. <laughs> he's, his word is his bond. Yeah, I tell you what, I don't. I don't like dealing with those people that, that say they're going to do something they don't do it, <laughs> <laughs> even in small ways. That's right. So this is a pretty big way here. I don't think I'd go out and kill him for not doing it, but uh, but you know, I do not like that. I understand Joe Bonato. That's why, he, that's why he was a successful boss. <laughs> so, God, this is all 66, 67, 68. This is going on in New York City. Uh, somehow this has got to come to a head eventually, I would think. Uh, but they're going to see in your notes are going to kill some more people. Yeah, there was as it was winding down, you know, you've got you've got a few hits here and there. But for the most part. You've got everything. You've got things winding down. The last major hit was a guy named Frank Mari, who was who was the new underboss. He was he was a Calabrese guy, but he was he was a big earner, and it was a really good write up on him by Nicholas Pileggi in the the New York Times that I read, and he was the last major hit. There were a couple others, but his his death really signaled the the end and then it it things sort of petered out bill bonanno gave up went down to arizona more or less retired down there and joe and bill bonanno had a few scams down there and bill's younger brother 
it's something with some car dealerships and they were importing they were running guns down there but they bill bonato wasn't wasn't cut out for this life and i think that joe bonato had heart problems he was running things more or less with bill bonato as a figurehead and they just got tired of it and washed their hands of it and knew they didn't stand a chance joe bonato's book i i don't know he makes up some some reason his book makes up a lot of things but I think they just gave up the goat and realized that they weren't gonna they weren't gonna take on the entire commission and they they sort of gave up and retired. So the commission side did win and you had a, a three man commission that took over the leadership of the Bananos after that. So I, I see here you got a, a member uh, Natale Evola who say Banano faction. So what was originally the Banano faction then they made peace and they agreed yes. to come back together yes and, and it's yeah. paul siaka he's he's still helping to run things and and phil rustelli that name sounds kind of familiar for some reason but rusty uh, rusty rustelli oh okay a, that's that's who that is he will eventually become the boss and yes the yes. next few years because yeah, he was he was one of the younger guys of all right. that grew anyhow right and he was the voice of the the sort of the younger generation at the time and so he stepped in. He and this Frank Mari were both kind of younger at the time. Uh, Ristelli could speak for the young guys. He could kind of gather them around him. And uh, Shiaka being the the commission guy and Evola, it was kind of kind of a smart way that they that they put everybody back together and got everybody on the same page. And said, "So you three, a Bonanno guy, a commission guy, and the the lead, sort of the head of the younger guys." You all will be a three-man ruling faction. And so they take over. Uh, Shaka goes to prison in 69. Evola dies in 73. But you get Galante, and then Ristelli is named the boss in 74. But that's when Galante came out of prison, and Galante was, was much stronger. He had all the connections to Montreal, and he really just took over the whole family and he, he was a much stronger guy than Rastelli, and Rastelli ended up in prison anyway. So that was when Galante really took over the family and started his, his big drug operation. Uh, interesting. That's quite a story. Now, uh, tell me, remind me, so this was the Bonanno family, mm -hmm. but did it come on in? Uh, it's not the Galante family. Did it? Change names eventually. They honestly no. They they've always kept the name and kept I, the name I, the Bonanno family, which is kind of interesting. But I think that they never changed because they went through so many. Now I've heard it called the Messino family, but I don't think that that stuck, especially since he since he became an informant. Oh, that's but right. So some, Joe yeah. Messino, he's the one that brought Vito Rizzuto down from. Yeah. To, and he wanted to take over the right. Obanano family, and, and he was the boss for a while. Okay, all right, I got you now. Right. Interesting. Right. But I don't think there was any leadership that lasted long enough that they changed the name. And like I said, the the, the longest-running guy after that would have been Messino, and, and they called it the Bonanno Messino family, but I don't think they want to name it after him anymore. <laughs> I, I would suspect not. <laughs> the first mobs to come into witness protection protection program and brought down a bunch of people. Probably not. 
Right. It's, it's like you never name a street or a bridge after some politician until after they're dead because you right. don't know what's going to happen. Now, we've done that here in Kansas City a couple of times. We got lucky so far. <laughs> you want to add your best. <laughs> but you may be changing those signs. Or the, right. When it comes out, they got those little boy pictures of little boys in their computers and shit. <laughs> 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 so you don't want to rename a mob family until you're really sure. <laughs> Which is an interesting, I mean, interesting dialogue. We need more of an expert than I am for sure on the names of mob families. Why did like it never really became the Gambino? I mean, the Gotti family. Uh, yeah. It never became the Castellano Castellano family. It was. It was it, yeah. always the Gambino family. He was such a strong personality. They can retain that name, the Gambino family. And the press will refer to it as the Gambino family today, even yeah. though they've been through these other characters. When yeah, I, was, I, I was doing a story about that, and I, I started referring to it as the Gotti Gambino family because you couldn't really say it was the Gotti family. That yeah. He wasn't there long enough, and it never got that that uh, that name. I'm trying to think of others as they've changed names. Uh I think old things that I've seen have talked about the Anastasia family or the Luciano family, but but as soon as Genovese took over, it was it was the Genovese family, yeah. and Gambino. It wasn't. I don't think I've seen much, and that that's really old old paperwork that talks about the Anastasia Gambino family. But yeah, after that, it was it's always been the Gambino family and the Colombo family. They changed it. Pretty quickly, from what I understand, you don't see much yeah. that falls the Profaci. It was pretty much Columbo right away. I think that he they pissed everybody off so bad that Columbo got a pretty hefty reward. Yeah, interesting. All right, well, this has been great, Cam. Uh, I don't really have anything else on this. It's uh, uh, look at this old guard. What happened to some of these guys? Some of them died natural causes. Uh, Carlo Gambino died of natural causes. Uh, Tommy Lucchese died of natural causes. Uh, this Paul mm -hmm. Siaka, who was a temporary boss for a while, had a heart attack. Uh, Joe Bonanno died of natural causes in, what did you say, about 2000, and early 2000s? Yeah. I, I think it was around 02. Yeah, he was he was damn old, but he, he outlived them all. Yeah. Gaspar Di Gregorio, who was a boss of that for a while, had uh, had health problems and got it, was able to retire. Well, some guys retire. Some guys you know, are retired. <laughs> to go out in a blaze of glory in the early age. Uh, our guys all retired and didn't retire, but they died in prison, basically, or yeah. just got out and died of old age. Only the young Turks got killed in our, our mob wars and our families here in Kansas City. So everyone's slightly different. Most of the old guys end up doing long stretches of prison in the prison, it seems to be like, and, and then mm -hmm. died shortly after they get out. It's part of the life, man. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Cam, for doing this research and uh, coming up with this. I've been kind of wanting to go into this for a long time because out of my youth, when I first started reading books about Gates and Lisa's book on her, that father was one of the first mob books I ever read. Uh, that in uh, the Greenfelt Jungle, I think, and the, and the one on uh, Joe Balacci, which we need to do a story on Joe Balacci one of these days. Uh, yeah, too. absolutely. Uh, there's really never anything out there about Joe Balacci at all, other than he was, you know, this informant or whatever. And there's a lot more to that story, I'm sure, about how he came in, what he'd done before, and and what was the repercussions of some of the things he said. Yeah. Uh, it is pretty far-reaching, so we'll have to do that. All right. Uh, if you have a 
from the drugs or alcohol, make your first call to first call. Or if you have a friend or relative who does, make your first call to first call. Call 816-361-5900 or go to their website, www.firstcallkc.org. Uh, anything you want to promote, Cam? You know, Cam, Cam's got a screenplay that he's done. Any of you screenwriters out there, you uh, showrunners, you need to get hold of us because he's got some ideas and he's got some actual work done, right, Cam? I, I, I do. I've got a, I've got a, a couple projects I'm working on. I'm, I'm trying to uh, 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 work with an agent, a guy I know, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll see where it goes. I'll, I'll probably end up on the bottom of the pile like most people, but we'll, yeah. we'll see. Well, we'll just keep talking. Remind me. We'll keep. We need to talk about that every once in a while because you know, people. I, I'll tell you right now, Cam. There's people that listen to this show for ideas. And places to go research yeah. and, and uh, kind of a, a different view on things that are writing screenplays. And, and, and I don't know if any of them have been successful. They haven't got back to me. Of course, if they are successful, they're not going to tell me. But <laughs> but they're listening. They're paying attention. There's there's a lot of people out there that want to do this uh, 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 docudramas, if you will, you know, yeah. based on a true story. That's uh, best. What I found out about this a uh, little bit I know is is uh, Hollywood and uh, Amazon, uh, you know, now there's Amazon and Netflix and Hulu that got original content. They like stories that are based on real events. They, uh, yeah. they don't really want to do the documentaries, but they want to do a docu, uh, a, uh, a narrative story, but based on real events. So, uh, and so they listen to stuff like this. I got a guy that's writing one on uh, a scenario that a Kansas City in the 50s, and he's called me, I don't know how many times, you know, asking me questions, and I'm lining him up with other people that can tell him how things really were. So, so uh, you know, any of you showrunners out there looking for ideas for screenplays, uh, get a hold of us. Cam's, Cam's got some some product out there. Because a lot of people talk about it. Everybody doesn't have one. And, and I understand that you've got something in the can. Uh, maybe more than one that's totally in the can. It's almost ready to go until about four rewrites. Then they'll actually get it out there. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. That's, if that's how it works, right. even the best of the screenwriters, then they send it out uh, for a rewrite or two. Uh, hopefully you get to keep your name on it when you do that. <laughs> a lot of red, red with men. Here's another one. Uh, a little side here before I go on in the rest of this. Red with Matt tells me that uh, a screenplay for his life story, they've shipped out to a college professor who just did it as a, a work for hire, and then they're going to put somebody else's name on it. So that kind of stuff happens, too. They pay you good enough, you'd probably do that and let somebody I, else put their name on it, wouldn't you, Cam? I, hell, absolutely. I, I care about the money, not the fame. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's just the damn money for me, man. <laughs> Oh, hey, talking about the fame. So here, here's my brush with fame with my new movie. I'm scro scrolling down through Amazon the other day on my TV looking for something to watch. And it was movies, uh, new releases to rent or buy or something like that have these headings. And then they have uh, a line of movies. And, and so I looked down and, and my wife's sitting there and she said, look, there's your movie. I said, what? And so there's the Joker. And then there's Ad Astra with Brad Pitt, and then there's uh, uh, Brothers Against Brothers. No shit. Right in a row, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I immediately took a picture of it and, and uh, absolutely tweeted it out and, and, and Instagrammed it out, connects to my uh, Facebook page and, and tagged Brad Pitt on it. Just, you know, hey, Brad. <laughs> Dude, I'm out here. 
my daughter says he ought to he ought to film the story of my life and then he plays me is what my daughter said <laughs> absolutely shit uh, so that's my Bob my breast with fame <laughs> my breast with fame and glory all right, so if you uh, you want to hear uh, about the real mob in Kansas City, uh, see it, uh, get Gangland Wire, about skimming from Las Vegas casinos, you can get that at Amazon, you can rent it for $1.99, same with Brothers Against Brothers, my most recent movie, The Savella Spiro War, I think, it was, uh, I think it was much better than my first one, I don't know yet, well, the, the jury's still out on it, whether it makes any more money or not, which does not really make a lot of money, but... Uh, <laughs> I thought it was awful damn good. I'll say. I, I liked it. I, I, I'm pretty proud of it because I, I did some things different. I had those reenactment scenes in it, which I didn't do in the first one. That was one of the criticisms I had of people that I knew that they, they wish it had some reenactments in it. And so I did that in the second one. People like that. So uh, I've got my book, uh, Leaving Vegas, How FBI Wiretaps Ended Mob Domination of Las Vegas Casinos. Uh, the Kansas City Mob Tour app. Get it at the uh, iTunes store. Uh, I think that's all I got. And that's all I got. And you don't have anything else? No, no, nothing, uh, nothing just yet. But I, uh, all right. I'll have a lot of fun uh, coming on here. All right, good. We're, we're glad to have you. Good night, Cam. Thank you, Gary.